Hello, everyone, and welcome to Refuge Fellowship. It's just great to be with you again this week. I'm just so blessed even to just build it for the technology that we have just to visit online, to fellowship online. Again, before we get going, I just want a, a quick reminder for everyone that we have so many different ways and so many different opportunities that we can fellowship together. I know we're online. Uh, we can't yet meet in person. Hopefully soon that will change. But for now, make sure and join us for our online studies. We have online studies every Tuesday at 6.30 as we study God's Word together on Tuesday. Currently, we're going through First Peter. And then, also, every Saturday morning, we have a men's study. Or sorry, that's every other Saturday morning. We have a men's study. So men, if you're looking to fellowship with other men, Send us a message. We'd love to send you that Zoom link, and you can join our study every other Saturday for men. Women. We have a women's study every Saturday. Please message Vicki. Message us here at Refuge if you'd love to join every Saturday. Then youth group. We have youth, youth ministry every single Saturday. Message Chris if you'd like to join that, or message us at Refuge. We'll get you that Zoom link. Lots of opportunities. And don't forget about the children. Of course, we still have children's ministry every Sunday at 3 p.m. on Zoom. So we have many different ways to stay connected. Also, please, please make sure and message us your prayer request. We'd love to pray for you. Uh, and just whatever, if it seems so simple or not, or maybe it seems so big, just message us. We would love as a fellowship here to be praying with you. So again, just a quick reminder that there's many ways that we can still fellowship together. So please just take that time to join us, and uh, we'd love to see you. Please pray with me before we begin. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much just for this opportunity just to come before you, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak through this message, Lord, that we wouldn't hear from me, but we would hear from your word. We would hear from you, Lord. And Lord, as we study your Holy Spirit, I know there's many people out there, especially in times like this, that are maybe feeling defeated or like they can't just overcome something or just uh, just struggling, Lord. So Lord, I pray that they would come to understand more and more about how they have the Spirit of God living and residing within them and how they can have that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Lord. So Lord, I just pray for an empowerment now, Lord, that your your word would go out through this nation, Lord, and we would see peace and love throughout this nation. We see people come to know you, Lord, and the promises that you have for each one of them. Lord, I thank you so much again for this time. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Again, it's just great to be with you. You know, we've begun a new series on Acts, and as we begin this new series, you know, I was looking today, and I was thinking that we would go through this whole series in Acts, and you know, I don't think we're going to make it through the whole chapter by any means today. So I think we're just going to stick with uh, the first 13 verses in Acts chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles, please grab them. We're going to need to have them open. We're going to be studying God's Word. And, you know, I'm just, again, I'm so blessed that we're able to meet today. Now, I asked last week, I think, I don't know how many of you were with us last week, but I asked everyone last week, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then I asked, what's your answer? Maybe there's some out there. Do, do you really understand what it means? What does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? What are the scriptures talking about here? You know, as I look back at my own testimony, I think that I lived half my life really as a powerless believer. 
this wasn't because the power of the Holy Spirit or the power of God wasn't there or even wasn't residing in me, but it's because I hadn't given myself or surrendered myself truly to God. I hadn't come to a, a point in my own walk where it came to the point where I just said, I can't and you can, God. You know, as I look back, I truly wanted to be the, the man that God had called me, the father that he called me to be, the husband. That I, I wanted to be that person that I believe God had called me to be. But I'm going to tell you, each day of my life, if you were to look at it, you would have saw something else than the person that God had called me to be. In fact, you would have saw really a life of sin. You know, I look back and I, I know this even especially today. I knew it then, but I, I was not capable within my own power to be that man that God had called me to be. And, you know, as before we begin in Acts, hold your finger in Acts, okay? But I want to turn to Romans real quick. Because this is an important life passage, and I've gone through it before, but it's so applicable to what I believe we're studying today. So if you've got your Bibles, Romans chapter 7, verse 21. You there? I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. The answer to be to each of us to become the person God has called us to be is only through the Holy Spirit. And I, I have. I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And because of this, the power of the resurrected Jesus is outpoured on me, allowing me to live a life now that is glorifying to the Lord. Today, we're going to read about the Holy Spirit in Acts, if you turn back there. And we're going to learn again how the Holy Spirit is given to all believers. So if you're back in Acts chapter 2, let's read the first four verses. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then... What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. These believers, they were all, they were all together, right? We know this praying. They're in the room and they were waiting, waiting as Jesus had previously instructed them, waiting for this outpouring of this Holy Spirit. You know, as you look at this, you must consider this probably would have been a, a very large room, right? Because we know it would have had to held at least 120 people. You know, as I thought about that, trying to get in my mind how big a room that would have to be, our, our fellowship hall at Refuge, that's about how many people we can hold. It'd be tight, but we can hold 120 people. So those of you that have attended Refuge before, that's kind of give you a, an idea of how big of this room would have been. And those of you that haven't been to Refuge yet, as soon as the lockdown is lifted, I'm excited to see you there. So we know this uh, meeting, this meeting, this meeting room would have been a fairly large room. 
Now, also, as we would read later on, we know that about 3,000 people later would have gathered outside and heard the gospel from Peter. That happened, we know, just, just outside of this room where this outpouring took place. So as you look at this, and because of these numbers, and you look at the situation, most people believe that this upper room was actually possibly part of the temple, located in the temple courts. And as the people gathered, they would have gathered in the temple courts. And, I, you know, as you just put yourself in this story and imagine this, as these believers are in this upper room, as they're praying, as they're awaiting the Holy Spirit, you know, this was a while, right? This was, if you realize, it's 10 days. So you think about it, these believers, I'm sure, would have been coming and going out of this upper room back and forth. They would have had to got food. But for 10 days, they had a prayer meeting. Imagine that. Now, last week, we looked at Acts chapter 1, right? And we know that Jesus spent 40 days with the disciples. And during this time, he proved to the disciples and really just proved to the world who he was, that he was alive. And then he instructed them, he instructed them to go out into the world and share this good news, to share the gospel, to share who he was and what he did for each of us. And this is when Jesus really, he proved to the world that he is alive. And again, we are all instructed to go out in the world and share this good news, that he is alive. And that through his love, he's paid the price of our sins on the cross and then rose from the grave three days later. But then... As we know, he rose from the grave, right? Then he was with the disciples for 40 days. But then just before Jesus' ascension, he told the disciples, remember, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for this to be fulfilled before going out for the Great Commission. Now, today in verse 2, we are to see that outpouring of the promised Holy Spirit. We know this is Pentecost. This took place exactly 50 days after Passover. Think about this timeline. Um, Just think of what events has transpired or what's taken place. Let's just try to go back and know we know about Passover, right? We know this was when Jesus was crucified, right? We know that this is the celebration. This was the celebration of the Jewish people as they celebrated freedom as they were enslaved to Egypt, We're familiar with the story. We've read in the Old Testament this miraculous event that had taken place, right? When all the Egyptian firstborn were killed, right? But the Jewish people who had been obedient and taken the sacrificial lamb's blood and put it on their doorpost, they were spared from this. We know the story. Now, through this, this act, this act of God, the Jewish people, then we know, were eventually freed, freed from their slavery in Egypt, This was almost 1,500 years before the story that we're reading about today took place. And then we know that Jesus, 1,500 1500 years later, Jesus, the Lamb of God, then was given as the ultimate sacrifice for all sins of mankind, right? This freed all of us from our sins through faith in Jesus Christ. And this happened on Passover. Then we know his resurrection three days later, which he defeated sin and death. You know, it's also interesting, according to Jewish tradition, uh, we don't know exactly for sure, but it's, pr- it's probably true, the law, the Ten Commandments, it's, it's believed that they were given by God to Moses on this day of Pentecost. 
Think about that also. It's amazing how this all ties together. In today's passage, remember now, we know, we just talked about Jesus has been gone, right? He's been gone 10 days. Jesus had gone. He's at the right hand of God now, right? So 10 days have passed since Jesus had left, right? And the disciples are in this upper room. They've been waiting. They've been faithful so far, following the instructions, waiting for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just to think about this. Waiting and praying for how long? Ten days. Have you ever done this? Have you ever been in a prayer meeting for ten days? I think about this situation. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I've never been to a prayer meeting that lasted ten days. Not even close to that, actually. So I think about these believers, these disciples and the believers. They, they go into this city Jerusalem, as they're commanded, right? And they go to the upper room to pray, right? As Jesus is commanded, he said, go there and pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. So they they all gather, right? And I assume that first night, you can imagine all night long, they're probably, they're praying, right? They're praying, they're giving thanks to God, they're, you know, waiting, they're expecting the Holy Spirit, but nothing happens all night, right? Then the next morning of the second day, they're wondering, you know, I'm sure they're thinking, how long before this promise from Jesus is going to happen? How long before the Holy Spirit would come? They're wondering the next day. But we know they remained faithful and they prayed each day. And then maybe, maybe, you know, thinking the Holy Spirit would come on the third day. That makes sense, right? That's when Jesus was resurrected. Maybe that's when the, on the third day after the ascension, maybe that's when the Holy Spirit would come also. What do you think? No. The third day came and went. Nothing happened. But the disciples, they continued to pray, right? Day after day came and went nothing happened and then maybe it's coming up on the seventh day i don't know about you but i'm thinking seventh day this is a good day for the holy spirit to come right it's a new creation the sabbath um you know day of completion nope no holy spirit then you know as i'm thinking about this i'm thinking about other stories in our bibles i think of abraham and how god had promised him a son Right? And how long did he have to wait? He knew the promise. How long did he have to wait? I think of King David. King David was anointed. He was promised he would be king. How long did he have to wait to see God's promise fulfilled? You know, I don't know about you, but maybe God has spoken something to you. Maybe he's spoken to something through a vision or through scripture or through another fellow believer. Um... Maybe he's spoken something to you. How long have you waited or are you waiting? He spoke to me several times during my life. Um, he's spoken things to me that I've seen now fulfilled in my life. But there's some things that I believe he has spoken to me that still I have not seen fulfilled. But I'm faithful. I believe they will be fulfilled. I'm still waiting. I see this picture for all of us, I see from the stories of the Old Testament to each of our personal testimony to the disciples here, it's about being faithful. It's about being faithful and trusting God, even though at times, as we read with some of them Old Testament, Abraham with David and my own testimony, sometimes we stumble a bit, right? We're not perfect, but we do remain steadfast and faithful and trust the Lord that his promises will be true and be fulfilled. Just as the disciples were sitting there waiting for 10 days, praying in the upper room. God asked us, each of us, that's what he asked for us above. I mean, he asked us to remain 
faithful because he is always faithful. Ten days now have passed, right? Ten days. And the believers, they've remained, we, we read last week, right? We talked about it. They remained united in prayer. That's what we talked about last week. Then suddenly, the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised, it came. The Holy Spirit was now given or poured out. And it's interesting, please notice, this happened now, right? We read in the passage. But it wasn't because of something the disciples had done or not done that had prompted the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This was done according to the will of God, not because of the believer's actions or how hard they prayed or didn't pray. This was done because it was the will of the Father. You know, it was, again, it's not because of something the disciples did or didn't do. They just were to remain faithful in prayer and wait for God to fulfill his promise. You know, as it, going kind of a different note, as we read about this outpouring taking place, you know, realize what day it was now, right? It's the 10th day. It's 50 days after Passover. It's not a coincidence, right? This is the Jewish festival of the harvest now. Maybe some of you are familiar with this or not, but this is when the Jewish people would give thanks each year to God for being faithful to providing for each of their in their crop and their harvest as he had promised. Think about that, this festival, and what they were given, just, just given praise to God for, for its faithfulness. And on that same day, again, he was faithful to give us a gift of the Holy Spirit. I just think about that. It's just, it's amazing. Again, it's not a, it wasn't a coincidence that Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit would be fulfilled on the exact day they were celebrating God's faithfulness. Look at verses 2 and 3. Peter attempts to describe this spiritual event that took place, right? Of the Holy Spirit coming upon the believers. I'm not sure. I don't think we can proper, properly visualize what would have taken place. Um, they had never seen anything like it in their lives, I'm sure. I mean, in this room, a sound, of hu- a sound came as a huge windstorm. But there was no wind. Now, there was a presence there, a presence that would have seemed as tongues of fire. It wasn't really fire, though, was it? But each one of these, what this visualization of this, it came upon each one of them. I don't believe, you know, even the disciples seeing this with their own eyes, I don't know that they could come up with the exact words how to explain God's very presence coming upon each one of them. How would you explain that? I don't think we can exactly, but they, as they do their best here, have tongue, divided tongues of fire, and then a noise as a fierce windstorm without the wind. It's pretty amazing as they try to explain to us what they experienced. This very presence of God has come now, unlike ever before. Now, the Spirit of God, now it's fully come, right? Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We've read about the Holy Spirit coming before but this is different this is different in john chapter 20 verse 22 we're not going to turn there but we see that jesus this is when he breathed on the the holy spirit on the disciples remember reading about that we studied that a while ago and i believe this is at this point the holy spirit did reside within the disciples and very specifically to them we also have read where jesus had sent the disciples he sent them out two by two remember that when he sent them, he also sent with them, he empowered them with the Holy Spirit to go out and do great works and miracles, right? 
He empowered them to go out and do the work that he had asked them to do. And we see lots of other examples throughout the Bible, right? We see instances of God's pouring out of his Holy Spirit coming on certain persons at certain times to do a specific work, right? We've seen that throughout God's word. But today, this outpouring, Pentecost, is different. Today, God is pouring out his spirit upon all believers, enabling all believers to receive this gift of the spirit, equipping them to go out into this lost world and share Jesus. In verse 4, look at verse 4. I feel that I need to mention again the power of the Holy Spirit wasn't just upon the 12 disciples, but this passage says it was upon everyone. Look back. Uh, if you got your Bibles, I just look back a little bit to Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Again, 120 believers, 120 men and women of all different backgrounds, but believers. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a gift for all believers. I think we need to be clear about that. And then as we see this back in uh, chapter 2, we see this first ability or gift of is these believers were able to speak in known languages that were unknown to them before. You understand what I mean there? They were speaking in other languages that were not their native tongue, that they didn't know. That would be like me going out and speaking Burmese fluently. It's only going to be by act of God, act of the Holy Spirit, that's ever going to happen fluently. But that's what had taken place here. Let's continue. Let's look at verses 5 through 13. And I'm going to mess up a lot of these names. And again, you can laugh with me or laugh at me. That's all right. Let's start in verse 7. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Mids, Elamanites, people from Macedonia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Persigra, I don't know how to say the next one, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, and we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood here, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk. That's all. The outpoint of this, again, remember, this outpoint is for all believers. Now, we've read here, we read really what we see is the people's reactions to this outpouring and this gift from the Holy Spirit. These people, they had heard this noise, right? This noise of loud wind of a storm, again, with no wind. And they had come, they had gathered, these 3,000 people had noticed this and heard it coming from this upper room. And all had come to this area to see what this commotion was about, what was going on. And because of the festival that was going on, And I believe this was in the temple courts. There would have been a lot of people there, right? A lot of people that would be there to witness the power and this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. These believers, they were talking about these 120 believers were speaking to these people that were from all these different lands in their native tongue, sharing the good news of Jesus. They read that they were amazed, right? And they they were, but they were confused about how this was taking place or what was taking place. Some of them even saying maybe the believers had too much wine. I don't know how they come up with that for them speaking in their language, but 
Peter, next week, we're going to get into it. Peter's going to address these people in the next verses as we start in chapter, in verse 14. But we're going to save that sermon. We're going to save that for next week. And we don't, and I'm excited because Peter has an amazing message from the Holy Spirit for all of us. So we're going to stop there for Acts. But as we get closed down on this message, I, I have a question. So what, we look back on these verses, these 13 verses. What can we learn from this text? What did we learn? I know as I read this and I studied this, I learned that and I was reminded that God always has a plan, right? And a plan for all of us. And sometimes that plan is revealed to us. And though his plans may be revealed to us, we don't always know the timing, just like the disciples. The disciples were told there would be this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and they were told to go and wait. But they didn't know exactly when it was going to take place. We're to follow this example that disciples give us, right? To wait, to wait on the Holy Spirit's guidance, to wait on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and to be faithful, right? To have unwavering faith as we wait and see what the Lord would have for us. We also know that we see this gift of the Holy Spirit. We see, again, that this gift was for all the believers, right? And these gifts that we see, they're they're manifested in different ways here in this speaking in different languages. But these gifts are always poured out according to the will of God and and for his glory, not ever for man's. I asked earlier when I began this sermon, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life? Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? This is a very important question for you to ask yourself. I want to turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at the first four verses. Well then, Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we have died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. God has outpoured his Holy Spirit upon all believers, enabling all believers to receive the gifts of the Spirit. And this is to equip us, right? So that we can go out, go out into this lost world and share Jesus according to the will of God. I want to close with reading one more section of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Get your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at two verses, 12 and 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. You know, this question I asked you. I just wonder, if you look at your life, if you examine your life, do you live a life that is full of power from the Holy Spirit from God? I know I lived a defeated Christian life for so many, so many years. And I look back and I didn't have to live that way. I had the power of the resurrected Jesus living within me. But I just, I still wanted control. I didn't want to just let God do what I couldn't do. It took me so long to say, I can't, you can, God. 
So I challenge you as you look at the things, maybe if you're struggling with sin in your life, or maybe you're wondering how you can go serve God or um, just what God has for you. The biggest changing point for me was I can't, you can, and I'm going to let you in surrendering my life to Jesus. It's an amazing, amazing thing when we just give our lives to the Lord and just allow the Holy Spirit to work through our lives and just say, you know, where would you lead me? So again, I ask, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Are you walking in that today? If you have any questions more, you can always message me. I'd love to talk to you about that, what it means to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what it means to have the Holy Spirit come upon you, to reside in you. Please message us if you have any questions about this. I would love to pray with you on that. Let's pray, and then we're going to continue our service with worship. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity just to study about how you've outpoured your Holy Spirit, how you've given us the power that we need to overcome sin and death, and also, Lord, the power to go out into the world, Lord, and just share, share the love of Christ, the the love of what you've done for each of us with the world. We don't go out alone, though, Lord. We go out with your power. So, Lord, I thank you for that, Lord, as you've not left us helpless, but you've enabled us, Lord, to go out and 